Hey, Kev, let's let's follow this trail over here. This looks like there might be something waiting down there. All right. Hey, wait a minute. Do you hear that? Yeah, I thought it was just me. What the heck is that? I don't know what that is. Whoa, do you smell that, too? That's unbelievable. Hey, look. What the? Hey, look, those, those branches are moving over there. What the heck is that? Holy cow, is that what I think it is? Look at that thing. It, oh my god. It's a freaking Sasquatch. Welcome to the Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters podcast. I'm your host, W.J. Sheehan. Hello, everybody, and once again, welcome to this, our fine podcast. My name is W.J. Sheehan, and I am the author of a series of books by the same name as our podcast, and they are available at Amazon in paperback and ebook formats. I also, for your listening pleasure, have recorded to date volumes two through six in audio form available at audio. Uh, at Audible, iTunes, and Amazon as well. And now, as I'm about to bring my brother in, well, Kev, step right in here. Hey, Bill, how's it going? Very good. You know, I was just going to once again, Kev, uh, wish our listeners our prayers and support uh, in this time of uh, great turmoil with this coronavirus and uh, just let them know that all of us should just join together at this time. Uh, many people know that I work in a hospital, and our hospital is jammed with patients, coronavirus. So if you think you got the heebie-jeebies, how'd you like to be in the building with a couple of hundred? <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I mean, I, I, again, all of our thoughts and prayers go out to all of you. It is uh, a new era and not a good era. I mean, they just put us on uh, full stay at home as of five o'clock tomorrow afternoon in the state of North Carolina. So uh, it's getting a little getting a little scary. I mean, I support the uh, separation, you know, and staying at home, but it's definitely new territory. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd like to encourage the people with this thought. Remember, folks, this was made in China, and nothing made in China is lasting. <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah. So uh, I heard there oh, were no... Oh, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I heard there were no new cases in uh, Wuhan uh, over the past day or two. Yeah, it's, it's doing better, and I was encouraged last night up your neck of the woods where... New York, of course, has more cases than any other state in the U.S. Um, I was encouraged last night. I heard Governor Cuomo give some stats where over the last three days in a row, there was less hospitalizations than the prior day or a lower hospitalization rate of yeah. those that tested positive, which that's the first good news I've heard. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, as long as we're not uh, inviting uh, people to uh, hug and kiss each other and get in uh, close quarters uh, 
uh, more people, of course, in the hospital, we're all, or we should all be wearing masks. There's still some nuthouses, uh, nutheads walking around without a mask on. Don't ask me how that even happens. Uh, but if we keep abiding by these rules, I think over the short term, we're going to see this thing bury itself in the mud, and that'll be the end of it. Yeah, and I think, the, you know, again, the social distancing, the staying at home, sheltering in place, whatever you want to call it, it's it's a good thing, too. You know, it's it's certainly it's good to prevent the uh, rate of spread of this disease, but it's also good to stop and spend some time just reflecting, you know, rather than rushing around. Yeah, you know? no, it's, it's a good thing, and there was... There was a method to this that most people don't see. I'm not going to get into it right now, but uh, I don't think it was as accidental as you may think. And I think uh, uh, someone is trying to get the attention uh, of humanity to, uh, you know, ease their uh, role a little bit and uh, pay attention to what's important in life. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, folks... We're here as icebreakers to bring a little something different into this scene. And that's going to begin with my brother and his segment, Cryptids in the News and History. So what do you got for us, Kev? Yeah, we're going to talk about a couple of things, a couple of Bigfoot sightings. So back to the hairy man this week. Love it. Yeah, a couple of Bigfoot sightings up north of the border in Canada. So one out in Saskatchewan. And then we're going to go all the way east and all the way north up to the tip of Quebec on the eastern side of Canada. So we'll start out with what people know or may know as the Craven Bigfoot footage. And uh, this is named after the town called Craven in Saskatchewan, and it took place in 2014. So, Bill, I don't know if you've seen this one. uh, It's a Bigfoot walking along into tall grass on the side of the road, and a family saw it and took video of it. Yeah, I did see it. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, this is the real deal. I mean, this is a creepy-looking monster. I mean, mega, mega beast. I hadn't seen this before until I was doing the research, and then I saw it a while back, and thumbnailed it and said, okay, we're going to take a look at this. And you can find this footage just if you go on YouTube and uh, look up Craven Bigfoot footage. And I will also put it on our website, BigfootTerrorInTheWoods.com, under this episode uh, file. And when you look at it, you know, it lasts about 11 seconds. Of course, there's probably five different enhancements of it as well, in addition to the original 11 seconds. But even though it's only 11 seconds or so long, it is fantastic. I mean, yep. you know, basically, this uh, family is out for a drive late in the afternoon, but full and bright sunshine, kind of in the fall. And they see this creature on the left-hand side of the road walking towards them, and they stop to film it. And yeah. uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, and... There's so many things to talk about about this, Kev, but it's not that the creature's just on the side of the road. This is a dirt road, and it looks like it's in the middle of nowhere. I mean, we don't know where they were coming from or where it leads, but 
It was like tundra, rolling tundra filled with grass and bushes and trees. And this, you could see that there's no real, there's no shoulder on the road. If it, it rolls off down deep. And yep. this it thing probably see- drops, I would guess, six or seven feet into very tall grass right alongside this dirt road. And then it's kind of like scrub trees, you know, that are probably, who knows, 10, 12, 14 feet high. Yeah. Um, kind of right up against one another, right up against this very tall grass. And, you know, you said it's a rural place. So well, let's step back. So this is Craven, Saskatchewan. It's just north, like the biggest city that I could come across in Saskatchewan is a place called Regina or Regina, I think they pronounce it. And that town is just north of the border between North Dakota and Montana in the United States. Okay. So so if you think of the city Winnipeg, um, which is an NHL city now, home of the Winnipeg Jets, this is about a six-hour car drive west of Winnipeg. So you are in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, border of North Dakota and Wyoming and Canada is like no man's land. Yeah, North Dakota and Montana in Canada, yeah. Yeah. Middle of nowhere. So this thing, this Bigfoot, I have no doubt about it. This is a mammoth Bigfoot. When you see that thing, it's it's a full... I agree with you that the road looks like it slopes off dimensionally probably five, six feet, maybe more. And this thing was from the waist up above that. Right. And, man, it was moving like, get out of my way or I'll tear you down. Yep. Very broad-shouldered, you know, like a mass of muscle, uh, very little neck, like we hear about in a lot of the accounts. You know, basically this big head, um, you know, meets just between the shoulders without a neck. And uh, I was blown away looking at this video over and over again. You know, there's just something about it, kind of like you said, Bill, when you were talking about um, when you talk to the Secret Service guys or the FBI guys where they're training themselves to find counterfeit money years ago. Yeah. um, It just doesn't look fake. Yeah. You know? There's a couple of times in it. Where this thing is, it's just like strutting along, like it, it, it could care less who's around or what's around, like I am the king. And a couple of times it flicks its head to the left, like it almost was looking for an area to go through that it was familiar with. Exactly, like it was looking for the path through those scrub trees. You yeah, know. and you could see when the head turned briefly, you could see this massive overhanging brow and this, like, jawline protruding like freaking King Kong or something. Exactly. Uh, and then the head, on the, when it turned to the left, like, two or three times briefly, you could see the head went into that cone shape above what you might call the forehead. Yep. It dist- definitely a distinguished look to it. And then it just extends its left arm, which looked like it stuck out like, I don't know, five feet, some ridiculous length of arm. You could see it like swinging its arm out like to push the trees out of its way or something. And then it just ducked into the left. Yeah, and it was definitely walking with intention. You know, like you said, it was going somewhere. It wasn't just wandering around. No, you talk about strutting your stuff. Yeah. 
I mean, that thing was freaking strutting its stuff, man. Like, you know, yeah. some huge bodybuilder just pounded along going left and right. You know, a massive, massive creature. And by the way, just to be clear, definitely not a bear. Oh, uh, there's no way that thing No a way bear. is it a bear. Absolutely. I mean, the video is crystal clear. Yeah. And and people ask, for why is everything shaking? That vis- That video was virtually stable. Yeah, and it was really windy, like, you know, very breezy. You could hear it in the camera's microphone, and, of course, that very tall grass was blowing around like crazy in the gusting winds. Yeah. So I su- mean, super y- cool. Y- when I see something like that, Kev, you know, and, you know, I I say kind of tongue-in-cheek at the end of every podcast to always carry more gun than you think you're going to need. Oh, Yeah. Can you imagine if that thing turned on you and you weren't prepared to defend yourself? No. I mean, <laughs> no. You, I, I'm telling you, man. It's very powerful. Like when you see footage like that, like we don't see too often, of course, by the way, um, you really see its power. You know, just as it's walking along, it looks really powerful. Yeah. Nothing like the power of a human. Yeah, no, it looked like a silverback gorilla times three. Exactly. Yeah, I, I was mean, just say a lot brutal, bigger. Brutal, brutal, yeah. brutal, brutal, uh, formidable uh, beast. So, yeah, that, so, he, yeah, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was just going to say, uh, just getting back to the, you know, uh, uh, some of the Bigfoot hunters that are stomping around in the woods at night and this and that. I mean, come on, man. If that thing got the jump on you. You're toast, man. You are just toast. There is no way you're going to defend yourself. Yeah, just- no, no doubt about it. So, you know, and this video on YouTube has a little over 200,000 views. Um, and it has 278 comments in the views. And I'm going to read you some of the comments because they're pretty supportive of the video. You know, and some of them are from folks that apparently live around there. So... One of them says, my dad was on the same road, headed in the opposite direction this summer, swears he saw the same thing. I looked it up on the Internet and found this video. Wow. So that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess this individual was unaware the video was there and just decided to do a little search. Exactly. Oh, man. Yeah. Another comment came in and it says, duly noted those... Those uh, the no, the no neck and set of trapezius muscles along the back area of the shoulders to its ear area. Highly developed trapezius muscles, such as those, indicate a crushing strength, which yeah. is same thing we're talking about, right? Yeah. Just a beast. Yeah, and this thing, uh, what you can see there, uh, not what I would call a bodybuilder, like a V a V shape. But just like a a monster. Yeah. Thick and broad and powerful, you know. Yeah, somebody else wrote, excellent video. It's moving exactly how it should and unlike a human walk, which I agree. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, it had a forward lean and you could just see the back muscles just kind of like popping out as the shoulders were moving like left and right with the arms moving then it just extends its arm. I, like I said, not to be redundant, but it turned its head like two or three times like it was looking for the break. 
Exactly. Looking it, for the break in the bushes or yeah. trees. Yeah. Yeah. That, somebody else wrote a couple more here. They said, that was awesome with like 10 exclamation points. And they said, even from a little bit of a distance, it looked huge. And I yeah. agree. The thing yeah. is a beast. Yeah. And here's a good point here. It says, this must be really close to hunting season in Saskatchewan. Canada's leaves are changing. No one would be fooling around in a costume at this time. I wish I could see more Bigfoot videos caught in Saskatchewan. That's where I'm from. Wow. Super well, cool, right? Yeah, I mean, just like uh, that is like off the charts nuts. And, you know, uh, while we're on uh, the, the video scene, uh, uh, I went back and uh, caught a little show that was aired about that, uh, the Provo, Utah thing, Kev. Oh, yeah. And I caught a show on one of these uh, uh, travel channel or history or something. They had the group there that did the original filming and who had hiked up the mountain prior to the uh, BFRO or whoever went up after them. Right, right. I'm telling you, man, that was some steep terrain. Oh, yeah, crazy steep. Yeah, so when you looked at the picture initially, it looked like, all right, all kind of rolling. No, when they started climbing that hill and they had the camera pointing back down towards the houses, it was really a heavy incline. Yeah, from and, a distance, it looks like, oh, it's not that steep. And then when they went right up close to it, you know, on the slope, you were like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, of course, deep snow. I think there were a couple of feet of snow at least. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, the snow thing doesn't even bother me. It's just the way they had to struggle to get up there. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, after the fact, they were a little off. They had pictures after the fact of them standing on the slope. And it looked to me like they were about 50 feet away from where this thing was. And when you looked at the two pictures side by side, here are these guys. I, I mean, let's just say everybody was five foot eight. Right. I, I don't know how tall they were, but let's let's just say everybody was five foot eight. When you looked at this creature standing 50 feet away from them, it looked like it had a good several feet in height and width and just body mass was off the charts compared to the the dudes going up the hill. No doubt about it. Yep. Uh, yep. Just unbelievable. Super cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that is the Craven Saskatchewan Bigfoot sighting and Bigfoot video. And now we're going to go all the way over to the east side of Canada and it's a report that was published by uh, CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. This is back in October 4th, 2012, so a couple of years before the Saskatchewan um, sighting. And uh, the article, the headline on the article is, Women Report Seeing 10-Foot-Tall Creature with Long Dark Hair. Huh. Yeah. So it's pretty cool, pretty detailed. We're going to go through the account. So these two women were in the little village of Nunavik, um, and they were out berry picking. So, you know, we've heard of these accounts before where folks are picking berries in the bushes and run into uh, the hairy man 
alongside of them. Yeah, and what, you know, Kev, the, the bears love the berries. They do. They do. So, I've seen, you know, the bears uh, out in northern Idaho eating berries. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. so why not Bigfoot? Sure. You know? sure. I mean, if the berries were near me, I'd be eating them. I was going to say, I love berries. <laughs> <laughs> So this Nunavik region, like I said, it's it's up near the very top of Quebec, Canada, and it's even north of Newfoundland, and it's right up on or close to what's called the body of water called the Hudson Strait that connects Hudson Bay to uh, the Labrador Sea. Wow. Yeah, that's so way really up the middle of nowhere, you know. Yeah. And um, the one woman, her name is Maggie. Um, said that her friends saw some kind of creature out in the wilderness. They thought it was another person picking berries at first, but then they noticed it was covered in long, dark hair from head to toe. Hmm. Yeah. Um, they they have some footprints of it that they there's photos of, which do look like hairy man footprints with a ruler next to them. And they they measure it, and they have the tape measure alongside of it at 40 centimeters in length, which is about almost 16 inches long. Wow, that's a big foot. For those of us that speak inches. So that's a big, big foot, as they say. Yeah, wow. Holy mackerel. And this woman said it was walking upright along the side of the hill and was taking long strides. And they said occasionally it would bend down and take a couple of, like, uh, steps crawling as well. Boy, that's weird, yeah, maybe right? Maybe it was Just, super steep. I don't know. Yeah, but how many times have we heard of these creatures dropping on all fours or even running on all fours? Yep, yep. You know, who knows what their capabilities are, you know? And they said, we weren't sure what it was at first. Again, this is a daylight thing. They're picking berries. Um, but we knew it wasn't a human being. It was really tall and kept coming towards our direction, and we could tell it was not a human. And she said it was about 10 to 15 feet tall, so a monster. Holy smoke. But I guess See, they now, grow them big up there. Yeah, and <laughs> here, you, here you go again, though, with somebody trying to give a description of something that's just off the charts in their mind. It doesn't register. Exactly. I I've mean, never seen anything like it. Yeah, 10 or 15 feet. You know, plus or minus five. Yeah. You know, just just gigantic. I mean, if you stand in the room of your house like I'm here right now, an eight-foot ceiling, something that big. So most people know what, like, eight-foot looks like. Yeah. You stand in front of a basketball rim at 10 feet and think of something's head at that point. And then she's saying 10 or 15. Yeah. You know, I was talking about that uh, Tennessee tree stand incident a while ago where the guy claimed his tree stand was set in a tree at 25 feet. Right. And you remember me saying that, well, it's the same kind of thing. Like maybe it was uh, maybe his feet were at 20 or maybe it was at 17, whatever. But this thing was able to reach and grab the heel of his boot. Yeah. Something had to be real big and with really long arms to reach any of those heights. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, the woman said the creature didn't appear vicious to them, nor did it appear interested in them. But, you know, understandably, after they're both looking at this, they got scared. They hopped on their ATVs and headed back to the community 
to warn people of what they saw. So, you know, a couple of points about one. So this is, you know, this is a very rural place. They're on their ATV coming out there, you know, probably have guns to, to defend themselves from bear. Um, they know what bear looks like. You know, up in that region, you have polar bears, too, roaming around, you know, in the, in the villages. Um, but I want to get back to the estimate. So just to show how hard it is, right? You and I sitting there looking at this video from Saskatchewan, Craven, Saskatchewan, in the prior uh, uh, sighting that I talked about. I mean, how tall is that creature? I don't know, but it sure looks big. Yeah. Right? But how you can't you can't really call it with any degree of accuracy if there's nothing to scale it against. Right. In you other know? words, if somebody had gotten out of the car and took a uh, a Lufkin 25-foot tape measure uh with a 3/4-inch wide blade on it and stood next to one of the trees, and said, okay, this was, you know, 12 feet to here, and look at the picture, there's its head. But it's unrealistic. They were lucky to even get the picture rolling for 11 Well, that's seconds. what I was going to say. Like, you know, in a perfect world, to me, um, I w after the creature left, you know, have someone go over there in the grass where it left, of course, heavily armed, maybe a flamethrower, too, <laughs> <laughs> a couple of grenades, and stand in the grass and take a picture of them in the grass. And, you know, if you can't see them, okay. You know, if it's me standing in the grass and you can't see me, all right, that creature is like 10 feet tall. Well, I'll tell you something. Just, just based on the mass of that thing in this miniature video, uh, that road looked like that embankment sloping down into that grass, to me, definitely looked to be like... Like you said, Kev, six feet. Yeah, I, I think like minimally six feet. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that. I'm not saying it's not a huge beast. I'm saying it's hard to estimate it if there's right. no scale to put that's it up right. against. Yep, that's absolutely right. But yeah, uh, you know, so. obviously the two of us, having seen it are getting the same impression that this thing was the real deal. Oh yeah, and like I, that's why I read some of the comments too. Like, you know, some of these things, unfortunately, you see them and they really look like hoaxes. Yeah. And then you read the comments and the comments say, that's a hoax. You know, did you see the seam in the suit or, you know, this and that. But this wasn't that way at all. It just looked like this monster trucking along in the grass. Yeah. And you remember me uh, a few episodes back when I was saying, take another look at the Patty picture. Yes. And tell me if you were, were walking along in a debris field that you wouldn't be looking down where you were stepping. Yeah, especially if you had a mask on. That's right. And this thing that was walking next to the road, this is not like a bulldozer went through there and cleared it. It was just like walking through uh, an area, and it didn't even look. It was just like it was turning its head to the left, just stomping away, and then just ditched yep. into the brush. No doubt about it. Like nothing. Yeah, Absolutely. That is crazy. And this other lady, 10, 15 feet. Yeah, Holy and the monster footprint too, right? Yeah, just ridiculous. And they've got to have, I don't think that the, the foot size uh, necessarily matches up with the body mass 
uh, because we've had descriptions of like eight or nine foot and people have measured them at 20 inches, 24 inches. Uh, and and this woman says ten to fifteen, and what would you say it measured up at about sixteen inches? Sixteen inches, yeah. yeah. So you know, probably a lot like human beings. Uh, you know. Uh, oh, by the way, let me take a sidetrack here. You know, I was on with the uh, uh, Daniel Ott on his YouTube podcast the other day. We had a lot of fun. And Daniel, uh, Daniel, not Daniel. He's a man, Daniel. Uh, was kind of tongue-in-cheek asking me if the uh, my thoughts on the coronavirus having effect on Bigfoot. <laughs> and I said, I have no way of knowing. Well, lo and behold, a little blurb came out a few days ago about uh, the corona affecting gorillas in Africa. <laughs> so, you know, who knows? I mean... Maybe uh, Corona can be contracted by a Bigfoot-type creature. Uh, But we'll never know. We can't test them. (laughs) You can't tell them to sit down and let me put this nasal probe into your sinus. Good luck with that. Yeah, good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Bill, what do you got for us today? Well, I got something really interesting, and you know... uh, I'm always going on about how many sightings occur by or near bodies of water, whether they're uh, rivers, streams, lakes. Uh, and this is one such sighting that's going to really rock your world. I always encourage people and myself to just put yourself into the scene. Uh, that's why I try to add a lot of detail into these accounts because it's kind of like a fairy tale, right? Or a fantasy novel. I want you to kind of just get in there and picture yourself that day doing what these people were seeing, uh, doing uh, as they saw what you're about to hear. So this account was told to me by Cheryl Lamb, whose husband Charles had passed away uh, some 10 years ago. And this is what Cheryl had to say about her and Charles' Bigfoot sighting. My husband and I had, for many years, made Maine, that's the state of Maine, our go-to spot for summer getaways. This whole attraction for Maine had begun after the two of us shared a read of Henry David Thoreau's book, The Maine Woods. This was actually our sixth summer vacation in the state. We were camping and canoeing in Catatan Woods and Waters. That's K-A-T-A-H-D-I-N. I pronounce it Catatan. I remember the day of the incident as if it was yesterday, being August 27th, 1971. The two of us, having risen early from our night's slumber, had prepared a campfire breakfast and afterwards slipped our canoe into the lake for a morning paddle. There was a heavy mist floating on the lake that morning. The sun had not yet risen enough to burn it off as we began our paddle 
slowly following the contour of the lake's eastern shoreline. The lake's appearance was like that of a mirror, with the trees along its edge reflecting on its surface. As we were paddling and approaching one of the many bends on the lake shore, we rounded it to see a cow moose standing ankle-deep in the water at the lake's edge. She was about a hundred yards away from us as she slowly lifted and turned her head to view the intruders. Moments later, sensing no apparent threat from us, she lowered her head into the lake and began to eat some submerged vegetation. She was standing in the reflection and shade of the trees along the shore as we watched her for maybe 20 or more minutes. At some point, Charles whispered to me that he saw something black moving in the brush, maybe 50 feet behind this cow moose. And now both of us had our eyes fixed on the bank. We were seeing what appeared to be a lump of black fur, occasionally protruding from over the top of the brush and edging closer to where the cow was in the water. Yet, she was totally unmoved by what we were seeing. Apparently unaware of what was moving closer behind her. What happened next was astounding to say the least. A creature of incredible proportions leapt out of the brush and with two large strides was on the moose smashing her down headlong into the shallows. She had barely turned her head when the beast prevailed upon her. This beast, which we now realized was a Bigfoot, had driven her head into the lake bottom, with her legs kicking and moving briefly as death took hold of her. The Bigfoot up until that point in time was unaware of our presence on the lake. Shortly after the kill, it stood up, rising to its feet and turning to look directly at us. The water in which we sat was only about two feet deep, and the spot in which the beast stood, uh, and at the spot in which the beast stood, the water, was, the water level was more than likely less than a foot. I know Charles was thinking exactly what I was. In these shallows, that creature could have run us down in a matter of seconds and done us in with the moose. The two of us immediately started to redirect a canoe to paddle out into deeper water as fast as we could. The Bigfoot stood its ground, staring us down as we made our way out into the lake. As we paddled quickly to a point where we were now in deep water, perhaps several hundred yards away from the creature, we felt safe enough to stop and watch. It was at this point that the Bigfoot grabbed the cow around the neck in somewhat of a chokehold and dragged her carcass out of the lake and into the trees. As you would well imagine, 
the two of us having seen this attack take place in such a violent fashion, we were in a complete and utter state of shock. It was akin to having a bomb explode in the middle of the night as you slept. The brush on the bank was maybe three or four feet tall, and this creature had to have been crawling through it in order to get close enough to the cow to launch its attack. The speed with which it was able to close the gap from the bank to the moose was incredible. This Bigfoot must have covered 40 or 50 feet in just a few leaps. As it landed on the moose's back, it was visibly at least a couple of feet taller than the moose's height, even in its hunched position on the moose's body. When it stood over the moose and turned its gaze toward us, it had to have been all of eight or nine feet tall and as big as a house. Standing defiantly and facing us, its arms hung out and away from its body, apparently forced to do so because of the size and dimensions of its musculature. As it stood in the misty shadows, the Bigfoot's fur appeared to be almost black in color and virtually covered its entire body. The other incredible aspect of this event was the apparent ease with which the beast was able to carry away its kill. I have no idea how much this moose weighed, but it was at least as big as a large horse, and the Bigfoot wrapped its arm around its neck and casually walked away with it into the trees. It didn't struggle with it, or drag it so much as a foot. It simply picked it up and walked away like it was nothing at all. We didn't see any blows thrown by the beast either. It seemed to just drive the cow's head into the lake bottom in somewhat of a chokehold, and it was all over and done with rather quickly. What do you think of that, Kev? Oh, I mean, it gets to the power that we were talking about, like in that Craven sighting yeah. in that video. You know, just pure muscle. And a moose, you know, is just a huge beast. And, I mean, those things are freaking dangerous as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, we just saw a couple when I was out in Breckenridge. A few weeks ago, snowboarding, we saw a couple one night walking down the edge of the road in the snow. And, uh, you know, we went out for a little walk and saw them. And it was like, holy crap, like, you got to get away from those things. They'll kill you. Yeah, no doubt about it. And getting back, it's funny that we saw the Craven image as we're talking about this today. Yeah. Picture that monster running a quick charge on something and just grabbing it and just putting a half Nelson on it and wham. Yeah, you know, I mean, it looked like or uh, sounded like a, a WWF move, you know, pick them up, slam yeah, yeah. them into the mat. Blam, you know, Bam. try to get away from this. Yeah. And in the water and in the mud, right? Like, it's tough yeah. to move. You can imagine if you're a... Uh, this hairy man, you know, with the mass that they have, 
to move quickly through that water, which I'm sure is covered in mud at the bottom of it. Yeah, well, you know, it's just to the moose's the moose's real strength is in charging you, right? Right. Just like using its mass and coming at you with that bony nose, or if it's a male with the that huge rack that are like six or yeah. eight feet wide. I mean, they'll kill yeah, they're you. They're aggressive, though. Even the females, you know, they say when the when they're young are around, like a lot of other, you know, female uh, animals in nature, they'll they go after you to kill you because you might be threatening their uh, calf. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. They're gonna bust yeah. you up good. Yeah. And uh, but the sheer power. This thing drove this thing headlong into the lake bottom, which to me was like a combination choke, maybe a neck break, and a suffocation move. Yeah. Uh, burying the face into the water, in the mud, you know. Can't and, imagine that. And and up there, too, in really rural Maine, right? So Freaking no man's anything land. Anything could happen up there, yeah. Yeah, this Catadin uh, Lake in... Uh, Waters region is just like nothingness, you know. I mean, probably beautiful as you can imagine, but uh, try to call for help up there. Forget it. I mean, I've been watching that TV show. I don't know if you've seen it called Maine Cabin Masters, where they kind of come in and fix up. They call them camps, but they're these little cabins on, you know, the thousand lakes or whatever there are. In Maine, and they're really—I mean, you, you'd like the show. They're pretty amazing what they can do, you know, in a couple of weeks um, to these cabins that are basically some of them are a hundred years old and just rotting into the ground. But most of these cabins they get to, they got to be on a horse, on ATV, or they canoe across the lake to them. You know, it's like really rural up there. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. You know. Anything and everything could be running around out there, and very few people will ever have an opportunity to even run into something if it's available. No, exactly. Very quiet place. Unbelievable. Yeah, so that's the uh, Bigfoot account from the Catadin Waters and Lake up in Maine. And uh, once again, we have another account uh, from the Northern Wilderness. And, you know, just to reiterate... We spoke a long time ago that the amount of people in Maine is negligible at best, and the amount of real estate in Maine was the equivalent of all of New England combined and then some. Hmm. So, I mean, it's really... uh, Yeah, but super rural, especially as you get away from the coast. You know, I've been up there a bunch of times. Most of the time, you know, you spend along the coast eating lobster and looking at the uh, sailing ships and stuff. But once you go inland, boy, there is nothing. You know, there's some beautiful lakes, but nothing around. Yeah, it's like you were saying about Australia, Kev, right? Everybody lives on the coast. On the edges, yeah. Yeah, once you go inland, you know, you're on your own. Yeah. Unbelievable. Just a bunch of, yeah, we. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it, bro. And really, uh, really digging that uh, Craven thing today, man. That was that that is an awesome. And and folks, by the way, it's spelled C like cat R A V E N, like Raven with a yeah. C in front of Craven. Right. right. Look that up. Uh, oh, you're gonna post that on the uh, website. I'll post Kim? it. Yep. Yep. And, you know, kind of like I'm craving me some Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Andy down there with the Bigfoot gumbo as a craving. <laughs> <laughs> I got a craving for some crawfish, brother. <laughs> All right. All right. You ready for some listener mail? I'm ready as I'll ever be. We're going to start out with a really good one here um, from Paul in Calgary, Alberta. So out towards where we were talking about Craven, Saskatchewan. Wow. Uh, And Paul writes, I don't know if you saw that new show on the Killer Yeti, but I believe you were right about the Dyatlov incident. What a creepy vibe. Great podcast, guys. Wow. Yeah, you know, uh, I did. Uh, catch uh, a segment of that show. Believe it or not, I actually have it DVR'd. Uh, and every time I sit down to watch the whole thing, I get interrupted. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, when we spoke about that Dyatlov months ago, Kev, Yeah. Uh, my impression was uh, I thought they got done in by some kind of monster. And if you listen, uh, I only saw a segment of that show where the uh, people were interviewing uh, some of the people that live in the woods up there. There's this very uh, reclusive tribe up there, uh, which came into the original account we were talking about. Right. I can't recall what they were called, but I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And it is the middle of nowhere up there by design. That's why these folks went up there for survival training. Right. Yeah. And uh, these people, uh, came clean, an old lady out hunting by herself with a long rifle. I mean, just think about that. Uh, this woman, I don't know how old she was. She was this little kind of stocky thing covered in uh, animal pelts made into strong, coats. Strong like bull. Yeah, I mean, she was. And just think about an old lady marching out into the snow for three hours with a rifle to hunt. And a big hey. bottle of vodka. Maybe. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> And she was talking about the whistling, and they called them the giant forest people. And the name they had for them is the Mank, M-E-N-K. And as the show goes on, there are interviews with some governmental officials and some other people. Uh, The one guy was saying they had over 5,000 reports of these Mank so, you know, there's a lot of stuff uh, tucked away and hidden away. Uh, two of the guys they interviewed were the first two men on the scene. And they had seen giant footprints around the tent and in the area where the people had escaped. Mm. So that was creepy. And then there was Super a photo. Creepy. There was a photograph of the tent after the snow had been removed from the top of it, and it was like stood back up. And you oh, could yeah, after you took the weight of the snow off of it, right? And kind of opened it up again so they could see what was in it, and that's where they saw the rips. You could clearly see there were two knife cuts along very close to the ridge of the tent, the support pole at the top. And they were cut horizontally, maybe two feet wide. As soon as I saw them, I said to myself, somebody cut these slots in the tent to peek out at what was going on next to the tent, which you couldn't see. 
I mean, it was a canvas tent. Hmm. And then the other cut was made in between the two slots that were cut when they decided to tear it down the side and bolt. Uh, that was creepy, man. I'm telling you, that is some creepy, creepy stuff going on over there with that mank. Yikes. Yeah, and the whistling. The old lady talks about the whistling, and the guy says to her, do you mean like a man? And she said something like, no, it's evil. Hmm. I mean, how do you describe a whistle as evil? Yeah, I mean, like artillery shells or something like that, something. right? That, oh. that would be evil. Yeah, I mean, just like, you know, some kind of weird thing that would just send a chill down your spine, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. So we'll definitely be investigating the Mank. Yeah, I got to, I got to, uh, I, I wrote that down here on my digi digital journal, but I also got to try to watch this new show, too, about the oh, Diet Love incident. I'm telling you, that it's sounds like, cool. it's like watching an old creepy movie, you know, old Frankenstein. It just gives mm -hmm. you the, the heebie-jeebs when you're watching it. Like, you know, mm. I get a true sensation I understand that drama sells and this and that and uh, some of these movies and shows, they're really trying to pump it up and add some darkness to it and get you creeped out. But this place and the conversations and stuff is just generally creepy. It's, no doubt. It's, it's yeah. abnormal. It's scary. No doubt. All right. We're going to go to Florida. To the Florida Panhandle, western part of Florida there, from Clarice. Hmm. Now, I wonder if this is like, I see the name Clarice, and all I think of is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer's girlfriend. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know you know what I think of when I hear Clarice? Clarice? What? Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> oh, okay. Remember the detective chick was Clarice? Yeah, see, you're in Hannibal Lecter, and I'm in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yes, he was always looking at her and saying, "Clarice, Clarice." <laughs> you right, know, that's oh, creepy. That, All right, yeah, so Clarice writes, "Love you guys. My brother and I ran across some really big footprints in the marsh some years ago. This place is no man's land for sure, mm. and just what laid them down is anyone's guess." But I think you know where my money is laid. This is some dense and remote real estate, and damn near anything could be in here, unknown and undisturbed for years. Uh, there's no yeah. doubt about it. I mean, she's, she yeah, said she found foot, some footprints? There. Big footprints, yeah. Yeah, come on. The lady is spot on. You're in the middle of freaking no man's land. Nobody's got any business being in there unless you're some uh, way out there catfish hunter or turtle hunter or something. And how many people are actually going to do that? You yeah, know, not a lot. No, not, <laughs> not a lot. A lot. Maybe a handful of people have a tin boat down there and do such things that they bring it back to the market. But it's not like a party place. Jeez. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Have you ever been down there, Kev, that Panhandle region? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Been all the way across. Uh-huh. Drove across the southern part of the states there, you know, from Texas down through Louisiana and edge of Mississippi, that little tip of Alabama across the Panhandles. 
and down to Miami. It's it's you go across that part, there's not much going on down there. Yeah. Yeah. And again, yeah. you know, not much going on, but plenty of space uh for something large to roam and tons of things to eat. Yeah. Yeah. How about that snake collector dude I had the account on where the gator was in the swamp with that uh uh the Bigfoot was in the swamp with that dead alligator under its arm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's I mean they got gar in the shallows over there, those giant gar. Yep. Uh those things are in shallow water. I mean, one of those things could leap on one of them and just smash it. Oh yeah. I mean, talk about food, turtles. A lot birds. of food. Those warm places. I mean, all kinds of stuff to eat. And what about those other things, Ken? What do they call them? Nutria? Oh yeah, yeah. They're like a giant little, water like, rat. Yeah, like half pig, half rat. Right? Yeah, they are big though. I mean, if something yeah, wants something are. to eat, that would be like a Thanksgiving turkey. Yeah, it might be half Labrador Retriever too. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. Looks a, looks a little bit like Martha. Wait, I hear some whistling. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's a mag. <laughs> we were laughing too much and we woke up my uh, smart home device. Uh, I can't say her name because then she'll want to talk again. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> talk to her. She'll give you the manky whistle. <laughs> now listen, if your dog starts whistling, Kev, you're in trouble. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm out. All right. So now we got our last letter bill comes in from Luther in Maine that you were talking about. Wow. And Luther writes, you are spot on in saying that people don't see because they are not looking. I hunt in locations up here where no more, no more than likely another man's foot has ever entered. I have heard howls, and they're not from any regional animals. Of that, I am certain. Really dig your show, man. Wow. <laughs> cool, Luther. Yeah, Daddy-O, I'm really digging this scene myself, Luther. <laughs> I hope you're carrying some big shells with you, Luther. <laughs> Lex Luther is my name. <laughs> you're roaming around in Maine, stepping where no man has stepped before, and you're hearing howls that don't come from any regional animal. Yeah. Man, I don't know what I'm carrying, but it's got some big caliber yeah. and big magazines. Yeah, well, you know, uh, the fellow whose show I was on the other night, Daniel Ott, he says to me, so are you... Of the notion, like many uh, Bigfoot people, that, you know, uh, you wouldn't shoot one of these things. <laughs> and I said, I didn't say this exactly to him, but I'm going to say it now. I said, one of these things comes at me. I'm going to introduce him to 600 grains of lead poisoning <laughs> as fast as I can pull the trigger. <laughs> That's what's happening over here. It's going to be bang, bang, bang and a reload. <laughs> <laughs> how about this guy up in maine right he knows that he's treading on ground that like nobody has been before yeah like walking in the wilderness off the beaten track nobody around for freaking miles and he's out there hunting and this guy gets it 
And when he hears something that he doesn't recognize, he knows what is in those woods. No doubt. And he hears these howls and is immediately clued in that this is nothing known to me. Yeah, and we've we've listened to some similar recordings of those howls, and oh. it is not a coyote or a wolf. Oh, or... my God. Kev, do you remember what episode that was where you put that howl in? No, no. Oh, my God. That was creepy. Oh, man, that thing just sent a chill down my spine. No doubt, no doubt. Now, connect that howl to that beast in the craven thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, it's just like Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, boom, 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 boom. Oh, my God, man. Yeah, hi, I'm here to do a little gift trading with you. <laughs> you take my marble and give me a fish. Perfect. Perfect. Bye now. <laughs> Not. <laughs> oh boy oh boy yeah yeah oh, all right bill God. well that's that's what we have this week um great uh great mail great accounts and uh really again folks we want you all to be safe in this era of covid19 what some people call the new normal but they can have it i don't want this to be the new normal but we all got to take care of one another. We got to do some good, strong social distancing. Don't fall into peer pressure of getting together with your friends. You know, keep them all six feet apart. Spend some time by yourself, you know, with your immediate family and uh, try to stay in your house and wash your hands. And between all of that, we really appreciate all of the great reviews. You know, please, while you're listening right now, open up your favorite podcast player and give us five stars. It really helps to bring a lot more people to the podcast, and that allows us to continue to improve the podcast. And uh, we thank you very much for your support. And I'll apologize if you hear the clock in the background today chiming. Um, you know, we're all forced into different working conditions because of this uh, stay-at-home government policy, which, again, I fully support. But I apologize for some of the background noise. It's not as quiet as it normally is for any of us. Yeah, very good, Kev. And uh, just two things. For you guys that are into a little creepiness aside from Bigfoot, I just released uh, my first Exorcist book, uh, it's the Exorcists, as in two guys, Diabolica. It's in paperback and ebook and Kindle on Amazon as we speak. The Exorcist Diabolica by W.J. Sheehan. I think you'll get a, a kick out of that. And listen, folks, you can say what you want. I'm a man of prayer, and I'm saying this freaking virus is done shortly. That's my prayer. That's my belief. I think it is done shortly so you can say what you want but i'm banking on that and by the way by the way if you're not hunkered down and sheltering you're being very naughty and if you are being naughty you better carry more gun than you think you're gonna need sleep tight